I've shared with you all many times in the past that I did not grow up Christian. Now, if somebody had asked me if I was a Christian when I was a kid, I would have said, well, of course I'm a Christian. But I had never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Why, well, I didn't even go to church, which is what a lot of people think. If you go to church, you're Christian. Why well, didn't do that? But I thought I was a Christian. Because back in the 60s and the 70s, uh, it may not be that way in America today, but back in the 60s and the 70s, if you were an American, you were a Christian, right? There's a difference between calling yourself a Christian and being a Christian. You must accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, God, knowing that I wasn't a Christian, sent people into my life over the years to introduce me to Jesus. And uh, probably the first person that ever introduced me to Jesus was uh, one of my best friends who was my neighbor that lived just through the hedges across the backyard. His name was Mike Wiley. I can't tell you how many thousands of times Mike and I would go through the hedges to back and forth to one another's house. Well, I remember one day, I'm not sure what prompted him, but he said to me, he said, Craig, are you a Christian? And I said, well, of course. But Mike was smart enough to ask a follow-up question. He said, well, well, tell me about the time you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Well, that stumped me. I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, to be honest with you. But I listened to what Mike had to say. Why? Because Mike was my friend. Well, over the years, um, I wasn't quite ready at the time to, to delve into what it meant to have Jesus as my Lord when Mike shared that with me. He continued to try, but um, I just wasn't ready until uh, several years later, um, guy, God brought another guy into my life. His name was Kevin Shipley. Now, to be honest with you, I didn't have a relationship with Kevin Shipley. I would have liked to have had a relationship with Kevin Shipley. Uh, the, only, the, the extent of our relationship was that we were on the same football team together, but he was on a different level than I, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Kev, I was just a, a guy on the team, and Kevin Shipley, he was a year older than me, and he was a star. He was an All-State uh, football player, and I looked up to him like no, nobody's business. I wanted to emulate him. I wanted to be as good as he was. Well, one day... Uh, Kevin gathered together the whole team and he told us that he had made the decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior and he invited us to as well. At the time, I still wasn't sure what this whole Jesus thing meant, but because Kevin Shipley was talking, I listened. You see what I'm saying? There's a theme here. There are people who will listen to you because of who you are and they may not listen to anybody else I tell you um, my experience this morning because as we continue our journey through um, the New Testament book of Acts there is a uh, passage of scripture in here that is kind of uh, a beautiful um, illustration of, the, of a truth the truth that I was just describing to you in my story that some people will only listen to you because of who you are, which is a great privilege and a responsibility, especially if you're a Christian. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Acts chapter 13. 
Uh, and as you're doing that, I'll take just a minute to lay a, a, a foundation for what we're going to look at today because this foundation is important for you to get it. Acts chapter 13. Uh, we have learned previously in our journey through the book of Acts that um, before the apostle Paul's conversion, when, remember he was on the road to Damascus and he had an encounter with the risen Christ and his name was Saul then, right? Well, before, back when, when Paul was Saul, before his conversion, uh, Saul was a big deal within the Jewish culture. Um, he, for apparently, Saul, because of his natural ability and his intellect and, and because of his zeal for the faith, he had risen to a position, to a station in life that was kind of unprecedented for somebody that was his age. As a young man, he became a member of the Sanhedrin, which was kind of like the ruling council of, for all of Judaism, for the whole religion. So as a young man, this was, these were positions meant for older men. But as a young man, he had, he had risen through the ranks, which kind of made him a celebrity. Like a rock star. Everywhere he went, people would know who he was because of his position. Well, one day, this, is, this story is taking place after Saul's conversion, so now he's Paul, right? So it says, one day, um, Paul and his friend Barnabas go to synagogue. Now, they're Christians. You think, why are they going to synagogue? Well, they're still Jews, right? They're Jewish Christians. So they went to synagogue on a Saturday to, uh, to worship God. And when he gets there, his reputation has preceded him. Everybody goes, we've got a visiting dignitary. We've got a rock star. Like, that, I think that's Saul. That's what they're thinking. They're th we know he's Paul, but they think he's Saul. His reputation has preceded him. So what happens when you have some, a famous person in church with you? You say, hey, you want to come up and say something to everybody? They'll be glad to hear anything you have to say. Well, Paul, who's now a Christian, thinks, great opportunity for me to share Jesus with these people, right? Okay, that brings us up to where we are today. Um, it says that, that Paul gets up there and he begins to explain to them how their Jewish roots and tradition has been fulfilled by this man Jesus that he met on the road to Damascus. That he is, that Jesus is the Messiah that they have been waiting for generation upon generation for. That their Messiah has come, his name is Jesus, and he loves you. Well, it says in Acts chapter 13, verse 42, that after he was, they were done worshiping that day, he and Barnabas get up to leave, and they're just going to go on, probably go on to the next thing. But as they're leaving, the folks in the synagogue gather around him and say, hey, would you do us a favor? We'd love for you to come back next um, Sabbath and tell us more about this man, Jesus. That's pretty cool, isn't it? They listened. Now, why did they listen? Probably a lot of reasons why they listened. But I'm telling you right now that one of the primary reasons why they listened to this story about how their traditions have been fulfilled by this man Jesus, one of the reasons, the primary reasons why they listened to Paul was because of who Paul was. Remember, he's a visiting dignitary. He's a, he's a celebrity. He's kind of a, 
a rock star. They listened to what he had to say just because of who he was. Now, I would love to just stop right there. Close your Bibles. I'm kidding. Don't close your Bibles. I would, I would, I, it, would, it would make me feel good to be able to think that you weren't smart enough to continue reading, but I know that you are. So even though I'm inclined to stop right there and not tell you the rest of the story, I know you're too smart to go keep reading. So we're going to talk about the rest of the story. It says in verse 44, I think, that they come back on the next, uh, on the next Sabbath and the coolest thing happens. The entire city shows up to listen to what Paul has to say about Jesus. Now you're thinking, that's great, Craig. Why wouldn't you want us to hear about that? It's because of what happens next. Because of what happens next, we hear that here's Paul, a celebrity. He's got the whole city coming to watch him, listen to what he has to say. His ego's getting really big, you know? And it's then that the story kind of takes a dark turn. Because we read, if you continue reading, which I know you will because you're smart, we read that there are some people that um, are offended by what he has to say. And that there are others who are jealous because of his success. So they start gossiping and, and telling lies and speaking badly about him. And then it kind of goes downhill from there. How does that part of the story make you feel? Does it cause you to pause and think, maybe I shouldn't tell people about Jesus. Maybe I shouldn't share my faith because I might offend somebody or people might gossip about me spread lies. Maybe it's safer just to keep my mouth shut. Does it cause you to pause? Let me listen to what I'm about to say. It should. If you look, Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 14, he was talking to his followers or those who, who would be his followers. He said, be careful. Count the cost. Because guess what? Being a follower of Jesus and being a proclaimer of Jesus will cost you. Now, what it will cost you, I don't know for sure. Because what the cost is for you may be different than the cost is for me. But being a follower and a proclaimer of Jesus will cost you something. And it would be naive of you to believe otherwise. It would be like you stopping and not reading the rest of the story, right? Being a disciple of Christ will cost you something. What did it cost Paul? In this story, anyway, ultimately, it cost him his life. But in this story, it cost him his, his reputation. It took a hit to his reputation because he was willing to share his faith the difference that Jesus had made in his life, people started gossiping about him and, and telling lies about him. 
So the question then becomes, was the cost worth it? You see, that's, what, that's ultimately what God wants you to ask yourself today. Is, is the cost worth it? Because he's asking you to count the cost. And the question then becomes, is it worth it? So do you think it was worth it to Paul to pay the price to share the gospel there in Antioch that day? Honestly, I don't think there's any doubt to him that it was worth the cost. Because the whole city came and he had the opportunity to share Jesus with them. And many of them accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And their eternity was impacted. And all he had, the only cost at that particular point to him was a, was a little ding to his reputation. Eternity, reputation. If you haven't put the pieces together with together yet this morning, here's, here's the point. Just like um, because of who Kevin Shipley was, I was willing to listen. There are people in your life who will more likely listen to you about Jesus than they would listen to me. Adam mentioned earlier that there are people, you know, he said, well, I don't do this as well as Craig or whatever. I, I'm telling you, there are some people in your life that would never listen to me just because of the position that I have. But they would listen to you because you're their neighbor or you're their hairdresser or you plant trees for them. They would listen to you. But count the cost because there probably will be one. It may cost you some business. It may cost you a friend. But when you count the cost, ask yourself the question, is it worth it? Is that person's potential salvation worth it? This morning we're gonna share communion and as you um, come forward to receive communion, that is the question God told me to ask you. Number one, pray and ask Him to lay on your heart the names of the people who would more likely listen to you about the Gospel than anybody else. You know what will happen? He will bring their names and their faces to your mind almost instantaneously. You're not going to have to think too much about it, so be careful. Because He'll do it. And once He... Once he raises those to your consciousness, count the cost, because there will be one. What might it cost me to share Jesus with them? And then ask yourself the question, is their eternity worth it?